Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. I have to say that I think this episode, 492, is going to be one of my favorites in recent memory. And it's a bit of a hybrid episode. And I'll tell you why. It's part book club episode. I've done a handful of book club episodes where I share my thoughts from a book that I particularly loved. I think I started way back in episode before 150, maybe it was 137, with the book Always Hungry. Loved that book. And I don't talk about a ton of books here on the podcast because I have a book club within the Primal Potential Masters Club. And so a lot of my favorites are discussed within that. But the reason I'm doing this today is because a couple of comments, literally a couple to a couple of comments on episode 490 reminded me of a book that really shifted my perspective. I read a book called You Are the Placebo a while back. And when I got these two comments related to episode 490, I went online, downloaded the audiobook, and listened to it a second time through. I had read the hard copy the first time, listened to it the second time through, and I wanted to merge these two topics together. One being the critical feedback of episode 490 and two being the real power that we all have to create massive change by changing how we think about things. So I don't want this to come across in any way as an episode in defense of 490. I think you will see that's not where I'm going with this, Uh, but really in defense of our ability to create change, even when it feels hard to create change. So the backstory, the scoop, episode 490, as of when I am recording this, uh, there are about 403, 404 positive messages in response to that episode from email, text message, direct message, social media comment from people who found it really helpful and inspiring. Thank you. I loved it. I shared it, etc. Uh, so 404 as of last count might be 402, might be 406. And two, one, two, very critical comments from listeners. And of course, when you put your heart and soul into something, it's easy to let the critical comments take more weight than the positive ones, but that's really not what this is about. I value the critical feedback so much. And the critical feedback that came in, the two comments, one via email, one through my website, were almost exactly the same. And both of them made me think about this book, You Are the Placebo. So I downloaded it, I listened to it, uh, it was my second time through it, and I thought, we need to talk about this. The critical feedback 
had this in common. Both people who did not like episode 490 had to tell me, felt like they needed to tell me, depression is not a choice, Elizabeth. Depression is not a choice. Which is really interesting because I never said that depression was a choice, nor do I feel like depression is a choice. I don't know who would make that choice. I personally have been depressed. I know it's not a choice, but here's what's also true. That doesn't mean that we can't do anything about it. It doesn't mean that we can't do anything about it. I believe, and I will use my platform, which is free and certainly not going to appeal to anybody, and I welcome everybody not listening if it doesn't add value to their lives, but here is what I believe. We can either convince ourselves and each other that some things are just out of our control and we can't do anything about it, or... We can step into the fact that no matter what is going on in our lives, no matter what is going on with us hormonally, no matter what we are facing as an internal obstacle or an out, out, outside obstacle, that would be external, Elizabeth, get your head together, an internal obstacle or an external obstacle. So biochemical, hormonal, physical, or emotional, psychological, historical, no matter what is going on, we do have the ability to create change. Sometimes that's going to require us to get help from somebody else. And I led 490 with that. Hey, if you need help, get help. And I link to resources in the show notes page. But I refuse to use my voice to suggest that we are powerless or there are some things that we cannot change. We can all create massive change in our lives and there will be differing degrees of challenge there and there will be differing obstacles and they will change throughout our lives, but we do have power and we often have so much more power than we think. Specifically, this book, You Are the Placebo, goes through a ton of research, human clinical studies, on everything from depression to physical healing from injury to cancer, uh, mental illness, all sorts of things that look at our ability outside of drugs, and there is absolutely a role for drugs, without question, not arguing that, our ability to change our body by changing our thoughts. And our ability to change our thoughts, albeit with various degrees of difficulty, we all do have the ability, though, to change our thoughts. And when we change our thoughts, we can change our bodies physically, chemically, hormonally. We can change our bodies. That is what I want to talk about today. I will also, for myself and for everybody listening, share the reminder that I think is such a powerful one. And that is make no assumptions. I love the book, The Four Agreements, and one of the four agreements is make no assumptions. The reason I think it's so important for us is because it has such a big role in our happiness and our relationships. Naturally, we have a tendency to assume what somebody meant, how somebody felt, and read into things that they said and make it mean what it means to us, even if it's not how they feel, even if it's not what they said. And then here we are offended over something that wasn't actually said or done. Practice this in everything. When you're watching the news, when you're interacting with a loved one, when you're in a meeting at work, when you're listening to a podcast, make no assumptions. And if you aren't sure 
check yourself by asking, what is the difference between what was actually said and how I feel about what was said? I know for sure there are so many people, whether it's inside the nutrition world, the self-help world, the podcasting world, who say, oh my gosh, I would never talk about that. That's opening up Pandora's box. I'd piss off everybody. And I won't limit myself that way. I know for sure that there are people who disagree with something I say on every single episode, but I also believe that there is something that will benefit somebody in every single episode. And so when we come at somebody and say, you did it wrong, maybe we could just take what there is for us and leave what isn't for us and realize that maybe it is for somebody even if it's not for you. Because if we perpetuate this culture where I say, I don't like how you said that and you did it wrong, when you know that somebody's intent is to help, when you know that somebody's intent is to add value, then what we're doing is encouraging people to be silent when people could be making a difference. That we're encouraging people to perpetuate, oh, well, you might be powerless. I don't want to offend you by suggesting that you might be able to create a change in your life. And then we have less voices in this world of people who are trying to help. Stand in your truth. It's okay to have a different perspective from the one that I have. But make no assumption. If I didn't say depression is a choice, then let's not assume that that's what I meant. Because it's not good for you and your happiness and your control and your emotion. And it's not good for the rest of us either. Make no assumptions. Make no assumptions. I mean, even no matter what anybody says with an intent to help, somebody isn't going to agree with it. Somebody just commented this weekend, uh, this past weekend on the blog that they are, quote, really irritated by the fact that I eat bacon and I share recipes that include bacon. You know, this person is a vegan. And I would never suggest that you shouldn't be a vegan, that you shouldn't be a vegan, and I would never suggest that everybody should eat bacon either. You do what works for you. And my message is that we all have the power to create change in our lives. And there are many people who prefer to believe that there's so much that we can't change. And I will tell you that it's okay if you feel that way. And it's okay if I don't feel that way. And it doesn't make you wrong for you or me wrong for me. But what I stand for is helping everybody find the belief that they can create change in their lives. And yes, I understand that there will be barriers to change, whether those are physical barriers, emotional barriers, psychological barriers, hormonal barriers, but it doesn't mean that we are powerless. I am here to stand in my power and help you find yours, not to suggest that we don't have power. And this is not some hippy-dippy idea that if we just want it badly enough, we should be able to create it. There is a tremendous amount of science behind our ability to create change. I'm not saying it's easy I am saying it's possible. And you don't have to believe it is possible. But that doesn't make me wrong 
for suggesting that it is. This book, You Are the Placebo, I'll link to it over uh, on the show notes page in uh, on primalpotential.com. It goes through, it's, it's written by a doctor, and it is jam-packed with science, human clinical studies on how changing your thoughts, thinking differently, seeing things dr- differently, not only changes your mind, it can dramatically change your body. And this book looks at studies and people suffering from clinical depression, also physical injuries from accidents, from amputations, diseases like Parkinson's and cancer, and shows that changing your thoughts is possible and not only changes your perspective, but also physically changes your body. Your body responds to your thoughts. Every single one of us are capable of changing our thoughts. And I would argue every single one of us needs to invest energy and time and effort into doing just that. Every time you have a thought, your brain responds to that thought by producing chemicals, neurotransmitters, neuropeptides, and they are specifically produced in response to whatever thought you had. And these chemicals are produced in response to a thought to create a feeling that matches the thought. So every time you have a thought, your brain is producing chemicals to stimulate a feeling in your body that reinforces those thoughts. Then the feeling triggers more of those thoughts and more of those chemicals. And so you enter into this cycle. I've given the example before about how I can, in vivid detail, start thinking about a painful memory and I will feel sensations in my body, right? I can get to a point where I have like a physical, like a sickness feeling in my stomach, a pit in my stomach where I feel like I'm going to vomit. Or I can have specific thoughts that put a smile on my face and I and I get sort of butterfly feelings in my stomach. Or I could have specific thoughts that bring tears to my eyes. That is a reflection of the chemical response to our thoughts that happen with every thought. So you have a thought, your brain produces these chemicals, the chemicals trigger a feeling that matches the thought It reinforces the thought. You have more of those thoughts and more of those feelings. Your redundant thoughts not only hardwire your brain, they also hardwire your body. They create patterns. Patterns that happen almost automatically. When we, this is why I talk so much about you can either be attached to the problem or to the solution. You are either giving your energy to the past or to the present and the future. When we have thoughts, repetitive, redundant thoughts that reinforce our powerlessness, they make us feel powerless. It leads to choices that reflect the pattern and the past as opposed to forging a new future. This is why people feel so frustrated When their redundant thoughts are along the lines of, I can't, I'm off track, I just am not motivated, I'm great for a few days, then I lose control, I'm such an emotional eater. 
they are hardwiring these mental circuits that are not just thought. They're also feelings that match the thought. They're also choices that reinforce the thought. And in every single moment, every single moment, we have the ability with varying degrees of difficulty based on our circumstances and our physiology, in every moment, we have the ability to either affirm our emotional state, reinforce our emotional state with a choice, with a thought, or change our emotional state with a different choice or a different thought. Let's say that you are feeling sad or lonely. You're thinking about things that reinforce that feeling because remember, those thoughts are going to be responded to by your brain by producing neuropeptides, neurotransmitters that create a physical feeling that reinforces the thought, and then you match the choice to the feeling in the thought. So let's say you're feeling sad and lonely, and you think, screw it, who cares, I can't. You've reinforced that feeling with more thoughts, and then your choices will be aligned with that. You eat the cookies because who cares, and there you have hardwired that circuitry. The more you do it, the more automatic it becomes. You are free to change that emotional state with a choice. Yes, I'm lonely and I'm sad. I can stay in that pattern or I can break that pattern. I can reaffirm that state with those thoughts and choices or I can change that state with different thoughts and choices. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to listen to my favorite song. If you think you can't, then you're just choosing not to, right? Can't lives on Walt Street. But you don't have to live in lack. You don't have to live arguing for your powerlessness. You'll be right every time, but it's not the only option. I believe in living in a way, in teaching in a way, in using my time in a way that reminds people that they are free in every moment to choose differently. And I am not suggesting it is easy or effortless. And I'm not suggesting that the path is the same or the pace is the same for everybody. It's not, but it is possible for everybody. One of the powerful ideas in the book, You Are the Placebo, is that your familiar past will soon be your predictable future unless you change your thoughts. Too many of us are living the same life every day because we choose the same thoughts every day. Oh, I'm tired. I didn't sleep well. I don't want to get up. I don't want to go to work. Oh, those cookies look good. I don't want to work out. And we are thinking the same thoughts as we go through the same experiences every day. And so we make the same choices and feel the same feelings. And the familiar past becomes the predictable future because we are having the same thoughts. We are choosing the same thoughts that reinforce the same feelings and flow to the same choices. The author of the book, Dr. Joe Dispenza, has a pretty amazing story. He started his career as a chiropractor he was in his, you know, late 20s, early 30s, and he was a triathlete. And during a race, he was hit by an SUV. And in the book, he describes that the woman driving the SUV was an elderly woman. She didn't have particularly fast reflexes. So she hit him while he was on his bike, and he flew forward, but her reflexes were slow and she didn't immediately slam on the brake. It took her a few seconds to realize what was happening. And so even though the strike from the car 
threw him forward, she ended up hitting him again. And to avoid being run over by her SUV, he grabbed onto the bumper and was dragged for a while by the car before she finally realized what was happening, responded to what was happening, and, and stopped the car. And I don't remember the exact number, more than five, less than 12, but he fractured many vertebrae in his back. And he went to the hospital and he says, you know, even looking back, he would have made the same recommendation to him as a patient as the doctors did to him. And that was uh, to have two steel rods put in his back, but he didn't. And for whatever led him to this choice, he decided that for at least a few weeks, he was going to go recover without surgery at a friend's house and see if he could heal on his own, which, yes, I agree, sounds crazy. I was thinking about it going like, who thinks that? I'd be like, just get me back to normal. He went and stayed with a couple of friends. And what he did every single day, and he said it took a long time to do this without distraction. So this was his full-time recovery effort. He imagined his back healing, his bones healing, being able to move and to run and to sit up and to use the bathroom sitting up and all of those things that he used to be able to do. And he just visualized his body healing. And in 10 weeks, he was back to treating patients. In 12 weeks, he was back to working out. And he had told himself that if this worked, he was going to devote the rest of his career to understanding not the power of thought or the power of visualization, but how thought, how your thoughts, how what you see in your brain, how what you give your attention to physically impacts your body. What is the actual link between how we think and how our body responds? He wanted to match the spirituality piece of it with the mechanics of the body. What is changing hormonally? What is changing in terms of the chemical messages sent within your bodies? How is this linked? And so when he wrote this book some 30 years later, he had spent his career not just teaching people to use the power of the mind, but measuring what happens in the body when you do. And it is an amazingly powerful thing. Not only his research, but also the research that he's looked at going back to the 30s, the 40s, the 50s of placebo studies and believing that you are getting well even when you are not being treated and how oftentimes there is more improvement through placebo than through intervention or no intervention at all. And it's something that we can all really leverage for ourselves. Naturally, our tendency with our thoughts is to prove ourselves right. We want our thoughts to reinforce what we believe. The challenge is that so many of us believe that we don't have the power to change. And so the things that we are trying to prove to ourselves are the things we don't want. I'm an emotional eater. I'm really great for a few days, but then I can't. I'm a terrible runner. I'm not strong. I always get a cold on the first week my kids go back to school. Is that what you want? We're recreating the same past experiences over and over and over because we're not paying attention to the fact that we are dictating our future choices with our present thoughts. Those repetitive thoughts that you have, are they what you want? 
Do they reflect what you are trying to achieve? I shared with you guys before, I think very recently, that I have a current client who is struggling with binge eating. And this idea of our thoughts really influencing our reality is a concept that I've been working with her on. And at this point, she's continuing to choose the problem and the past. And her emails to me are almost all identical. What's wrong with me? Once I start, I can't stop. I feel like it's hopeless. I'm out of control. I'm never going to beat this. Her thoughts reinforce her feelings. So she feels the same awful way she always does, and that reinforces her choices. Her hopelessness is the main part of the problem. She is mentally rehearsing the problem over and over and over. If we want to change, if we want to be different, we have to stop thinking and feeling and behaving in a way that reflects the past and the problem, that reflects the way things have been. If we tell ourselves we can't change, then we won't. If we want to change, we have to start to think and feel and behave differently, and then we can create a different outcome, a better life, or achieve something new. But you can't create a new future when you're clinging to and reliving the past. Dr. Dispenza in the book says, experience enriches brain circuitry. So if you are practicing the same problem over and over and over again, that is informing the channels in your brain, the connections in your brain, and you can create new circuitry with new experiences. And it's not just about choices, because remember, it begins with your thoughts. Your thoughts create your feelings. Your feelings inform your actions. Choose to think differently. I love the example. I don't know if this is something I've talked about on the podcast before or if this has come up in my 12-week groups before, but if we think about a dog out on a walk, let's say I'm walking my dog down the street and the neighbor has some dog that's aggressive and the aggressive dog comes and runs at my dog. Well, my dog is going to bark and freak out and whatever. But if we just keep on keeping on, and 20 yards down the road, he's just back to... Back to normal, back to life, back to smelling rocks and, you know, peeing on trees and whatever else. But if that dog was a human, it would keep barking about that thing for like a week, right? This thing happened. This problem. What's wrong with me? Can you believe this guy? And it would be like your dog continuing to bark over that rabbit that raced out into the yard for six months or six years or 60 years. We are mentally rehearsing the past. We are practicing that pattern of behavior when we choose it over and over with thought, when we choose it over and over and over with habit, with experience. One of the things I talk about in the rookie group of my 12 Weeks to Transformation is what follows the words I am. I am dot, dot, dot. I am an emotional eater. I am tired. Whatever it is. Because when we do that, whatever follows I am, we're not only describing, but we're also prescribing. We're also forecasting, giving our brain an instruction. And what Dr. Dispenza says in You Are the Placebo about that, he says, you are declaring that your body and your mind are aligned with a particular future. When you take something from your past and you use it as a way of describing yourself now, you are aligning your body and your mind with a particular future. 
You are saying that how you feel about something now is what is going to happen moving forward. And that is the essence of, of powerlessness when it's not something that you want or when it's something that you want to move beyond. You are reinforcing a memorized state of being. You are defining yourself by your past. You are limiting yourself. You are saying, I know how this ends. Selecting a known future often that you don't want. You're opting into something that doesn't reflect where you want to be, how you want to be, who you want to be. Your thoughts are instructions. They are potential experiences. Don't live in the problem. Don't think about the past unless you want to limit your future to it. Because you're setting the expectation that your future and your present will be like your past. You are emotionally embracing that event. And you're limiting anything new. New choices, new options, new thoughts. The outcome that you will have is created by your mind. The title of the book, You Are the Placebo, is obviously referring to research done on the placebo effect. The placebo effect, basically, if, if you and I um, had headaches and I said, here, take an Advil, but what I really gave you was a sugar pill, so there was no active ingredient in it whatsoever, and your headache got better, a lot of that refers to the placebo effect. You believed that you did something that would make you better, and so you experienced a relief of your symptoms based on your thoughts. And the book goes into a lot more detailed explanation of that. That's a, that's a gross oversimplification and overgeneralization. But what the research on the placebo effect shows us is that our thoughts can activate our bodies, our nervous systems, and produce physiological changes. The research is unreal. Some of the research, it takes two groups of people, right? And in one group, they say here, Practice this on the piano every single day for X period of time. But to this other group, they say, you know what? You're not going to touch a piano, but you're going to imagine playing the piano this particular time. Imagine it for this amount of time every single day. And what the research shows is that not only did the people who simply imagined themselves playing the piano actually get better without ever touching a piano, they improved almost as much as those who actually practiced. But they didn't actually practice, right? Not only did they improve without ever touching a piano, their finger strength improved by 35%. But they weren't playing the piano. They were just imagining playing the piano. And this is true of physical fitness too. They, they do this research they compare people who lift weights with people who only imagine lifting weights, and both groups show comparable strength gains. And that is compared to people who don't lift or imagine lifting, not just comparing those two groups together. The research looks at people who were told to flex one of their biceps as hard as they could just a certain number of times each week, right? That, just flexing one bicep, improves strength. And just imagining flexing one bicep has comparable strength gains. Your mind can change your body. 
your thoughts. This is how the placebo effect works. It's not just that it makes you feel better based on feelings. It actually changes your physiology. Your body is activated based on your thoughts. And you might really be moved by this idea right now, but I want to remind you of something that we talk about a lot, which is if something moves you, if you're like, oh my gosh, I need to leverage this, don't assume that you're going to remember to leverage it. Put it in your calendar for tomorrow, for two days from tomorrow, for a week from now, for the first of the month, for the 15th of every month. I put a calendar reminder in my phone for every single day to visualize in detail a certain number of strict pull-ups that I want to be able to do, right? And I don't just want to kind of, okay, yeah, grab the bar, pull up, grab the bar, pull up. Because the other piece of this that is so important is that it has to match your belief. So there is a difference between imagining something you don't believe in and imagining something you believe in and you're excited about. You will have dramatically better results if you believe in it and you are excited about it. The emotion triggers more of a full system activation than the same thing without emotion. This is why a lot of like affirmations fall on deaf ears because people don't believe it or they're not excited about the outcome they are going to create. And the emotion engages your body physiologically, in a way that thought without emotion doesn't. So for me, when I visualize these pull-ups now, and again, re-listening to this book, I put it in my calendar for every day at a specific time when I know that I'm home, I not only visualize this certain number, it's a specific number, but I also visualize myself so freaking excited when I do it. And, and I also, in listening to this book a second time, realize that I have a real need to do this with running as well. Because the familiar past that I've reinforced that creates the predictable future is that I'm not a good runner and I'm slow and it's hard and it sucks. But if I visualize myself running effortlessly running easily, enjoying it, my body feeling good and light and fresh and easy and, and loving the way it feels to run and being excited to run and excited after I run, I believe that my body will respond to that. And if you don't believe, I understand. I'm not sure I would have either had I not spent so much time with the science, but spend a little bit of time with it. And this particular book is certainly not the only place. You could go to PubMed and start doing research on the placebo effect and different things like that. But this book makes it really approachable and interesting and easy to follow along with. Go to the data, go to the research, or be a skeptic and don't do anything. I'm just here to share, right? Through your thoughts, you will either live in and create the same past or a new future. It is up to you. It is possible to change. We are all capable of change. And as this whole thing started, these comments like, hey, 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 depression isn't a choice. I didn't say that it was, but it also doesn't mean that we can't change. Cancer is not a choice either, but healing is possible. Right. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's flawless. I'm not saying it's without it's not without limitation. But I'm here to step into my power to create change in my life and to remind you that you can create change in your life. And that one of the primary reasons change feels so hard is because we are reinforcing the problem with our familiar thoughts over and over and over who do you want to be? How do you want to be? What do you want your choices to look like today? 
Think about it. See it. Don't repeat the problem over and over because you are rehearsing it every time you do. There's some amazing research, and I know I've shared this before, uh, and it was actually done in Peterborough, New Hampshire, which I love because I'm from New Hampshire, though I live in Massachusetts now, about these uh, this group of older men that were sent to live in a house together, and they were told to live as if it was... 30 or 40 or 50 years earlier. And the materials in the house, the, the television shows that were available, the music that was available, the clothes that were available, uh, the news stories that were available to them, all reflected that era 30, 40, 50 years earlier. And these men, when they left the house, their bodies had anti-aged Men that had gone in with walkers left without walkers. Men that had gone in with extreme physical limitations were tossing footballs around in the yard. Because there, it's not just woo-woo, hippy-dippy stuff about belief. What we think changes how our body works. Our body doesn't differentiate between what is real and what is imagined in the way that we think that it does. You can change how your body operates with your thoughts. One of the other things, just to share a personal anecdote that I've been doing with this sensory listening to the book, I have a shoulder injury. And so instead of what I had been doing, waking up every day going, oh, it's still tender. Oh, I don't think I can go overhead yet. Oh, it kind of hurts. Jeez, dang, the shoulder. What's it going to take? Instead... I visualize the blood flow through the shoulder. I visualize the healing happening in my shoulder because I know that my brain cannot differentiate between that actively happening and my thoughts about it happening. And I know that I am stimulating healing with those thoughts. And I also know that I am preventing healing by telling my body, telling my mind, telling my brain that it's not happening. So I'm going to link to this book over in the show notes. I'd love to know your thoughts about it. I'd love to know how you deal with it, how you implement it. Add this as a reminder for yourself in your journal, as a post-it, on the dash of your car, in your calendar. Remember that you are giving instructions to your brain with your thoughts. So whatever change that you want to create, you need to do a real thorough inventory of the thoughts you have around that change because they might be the very thing that is preventing improvement in your life. The last thing that I want to say to you guys is that I welcome any and all of your feedback on the podcast, but it doesn't mean that I necessarily agree with it or will change because of it. The first thing I do when I get critical feedback is I ask, is this true or is this somebody's feelings about what I said? And the feelings matter to me, but I also want to make sure that I'm differentiating between how somebody feels about my message and what my message actually was. Where do I have a need to communicate more clearly if it's not what I said, but it's how I feel about what they said? But also, what can I learn in the feedback? And I think when it comes to episode 490 specifically... I feel good about that episode. Some people said you shouldn't have ever mentioned, you know, the link. And again, this is just two people, so I don't want to make it seem like it was bigger criticism than it was because that's unnecessary drama and just reflective of my feelings and my sensitivity to it. But you shouldn't have mentioned um, the, the suicides in the news. Here's why I did, because that's what made it come to mind for me. 
because I'm a real person going through this life as are you. And so this is this job that I do as a podcaster comes very much from my life and my experience. So as I'm watching this and I'm talking to my loved ones about it, I'm thinking about those dark points in my life. And I'm knowing that people who listen to this podcast, a lot of them are at dark points in their life too. And so that's what led me to think about how can we help ourselves? And often helping ourselves is asking for help from other people. And that's why I led that episode with, hey, if you need to talk to somebody, talk to somebody and I'll link to resources for you that are free in the podcast. And I did just that. What I don't want to happen, I don't want to be like a lot of people who say, well, I'm not talking about that because that's just stepping out, you know, putting my neck out there to have it lopped off. My intent is to help people. And I know that every time I mention anything, somebody doesn't like it. And that's why a lot of good people do nothing. That's why a lot of people who could help don't because they fear the criticism. If you feel so strongly about any part of the message, check yourself and say, what am I doing about it? What am I doing other than voicing my displeasure? Check what you think of my intention, because I believe in speaking up when somebody has ill intent or somebody is trying to be harmful, but I know for sure that there isn't anybody who listened to 490 and thought that I had ill intent. We add to the problem of depression and darkness when we are critical of people who are trying to do good things. We do. And I'm not saying anybody did that to me. I, I check my emotions with critical feedback every day. And I feel really secure in, in where I'm at with my mental and emotional help, health most of the time. But I think it's really dangerous to tell somebody who had good intent, you did this wrong because it's not how you would do it. And I am not suggesting that anybody did something wrong to me in sharing that because I ask for feedback and I welcome feedback. But I also know that we have a culture of telling people your feelings are wrong and your approach is wrong and the way you eat is wrong and the way you work out is wrong and the way you dress is wrong. And I want to encourage everybody to move away from that. We don't have to agree but it doesn't make you right and me wrong or me right and you wrong. It's just a disagreement. We just see it differently. And I believe that we have the opportunity to learn from each other in that. And it begins with that openness, with that willing to say, I just, I just see it differently. And I don't need to attach any significant amount of emotion to it. And I don't need to tell you that you're wrong. We all have the ability to create massive change in our lives, and it will and it can and it should look different for everybody, and that is a beautiful thing. For real, for real, the last thing, uh, the wait list for the fall 2018 12 Weeks Transformation is now open. I will link to it in the show notes page on primalpotential.com, or you can just go to primalpotential.com, hit work with me in the upper right-hand corner, and the wait list is there. 
I will be working with veteran clients over the summer, so make sure you email me if you want to be a part of the veteran, which means you've worked with me in a 12-week group before, the veteran summer session. Email me and I'll get you squared away. For those that are on the wait list for the fall, because I'm not working with new clients over the summer, I will have a special offer going out this week for folks that are on that list um, as a way to really make some progress over the summer, even though I'm not taking on new clients. Have a great day. Love you all so much. I'm so open to all of your feedback as long as we do it from the standpoint of it's not about right or wrong. It's just about individuality and growth and progress and supporting each other and making this world a healthier, happier place together. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there. goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.